do not use grades as a benchmark for mental health. So a kid could be a straight A student and have thoughts of suicide and actually want to and tr- attempt suicide. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Dr. Roseanne Kapana-Hodge, a mental health trailblazer, founder of the Global Institute of Children's Mental Health, and media expert who is changing the way we view and treat children's mental health. Her work has helped thousands reverse the most challenging conditions, ADHD, anxiety, mood, Lyme, and PANS pandas using proven holistic therapies. She is often featured on dozens of media outlets. Lots of betrayals that we talk about, and today we're talking about the betrayal of a special needs parent. If you're a parent or guardian of a child with special needs, stop what you're doing and pay close attention because you're going to get so much value out of this episode. I'm having a conversation with my dear friend and mental health trailblazer, Dr. Roseanne Kapana-Hodge. She's going to be giving you so much validation along with actionable tips to navigate friendships with more clarity and ease. Here we go. Okay, everybody, you are in for such a special treat today. We actually have one of my dear friends. Yes, I dragged her on the show. You know, you know how we talk about all different types of betrayal of a family member, partner, friend, coworker, self. Well, today we're talking about betrayal. It's a different type of betrayal. It's the betrayal of a special needs mom. So if you have a child with special needs, or you know someone with special needs, or you know of a child, period, you are going to absolutely love this talk. You're about to meet my dear friend, Dr. Roseanne uh, Roseanne Kapana-Hajj. So welcome, Dr. Roseanne. I am so excited to spend time with you, Dr. Debbie. You truly are one of my favorite people on the planet, and you are my go-to vault of the secrets. So, you, you know, and, and, and right there, thank you. Thank you. I yep. feel the exact same way. And that is so in the world of betrayal, knowing mm-hmm. that that a secret is safe, knowing that it stops right here. That is what allows someone to, to heal and feel safe. And you know, I'm this, I am the absolute same for you, but I'm glad you said that because all of our listeners, all of our viewers, they are healing from some kind of betrayal and knowing that, uh, just demonstrating that whole idea of you can tell me anything and it goes no further than right here is so important when we are rebuilding trust. So thank you, my dear friend. So let's get into it. Let's first tell me, tell me a bit about your story and we're going to dive into what happens when you have a special needs child and the betrayal that you, that you experience. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a mom first (laughs) and I am a psychologist. I'm somebody who works with, um, happens to work with kids with anxiety, depression, uh, neurodevelopmental disorders like autism and ADHD, you know, special needs mom, moms of kids who are typical, but might be having a hard time. We now know mental health, nobody's immune from it. And so we've all become very close in the world because we used to think it was something that didn't happen um, to you. It happened to somebody else, but now kids across the globe are struggling and 14% of kids uh, 14 and up in the world have a mental health problem. So this is just not a U.S. problem. And in the U.S., 
50% of kids are not getting enough help in mental health, 50%. So we are struggling, you know. I I want to stop you right there because I remember growing up, it just didn't seem like it was that prevalent. It didn't, we didn't hear so much about this. Yeah. What do you attribute some of this to? I mean, what it's, it's such an important question because it's one that almost everybody asked me and um, did kids in the time that we grew up in the seventies, did they have less problems? The answer is yes. Um, and it's not because we are better diagnostically. I think we're terrible diagnostically. Mm-hmm. Um, it took 12 years for the autism uh, pediatric American Academy of Pediatric guidelines to even get updated. And in that time, it grew like 1600%. And there was the old guidelines were there. So why? Why are there more special needs? Why are there more kids with mental health issues? It's definitely a convergence of things that have sort of created this perfect storm. And it's definitely multifactorial. So what number one, we're a very high stress society. And that And it's not one-off stressors. It's compounded stressors. We're experiencing more mothers are experiencing stressors. Uh, We have older mothers. There's that's one part of it. We have poor food quality. Um, We are not getting enough sleep. There's overuse of technology. Genetic mutations are increasing. I mean, there's just a lot of things going on all at once, and that means that you know we do have. way more autism. We have a dramatic increase in anxiety and depression that occurred before the pandemic, but has really gone up now. So, you know, 2011 data says that one in two children in the U.S. have a physical or mental health problem. I don't even know what that is now. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's staggering. So how do you know, how do you know if it's, let's say anxiety from just let's say overstimulation or too much going on and when it's something more. Yeah. So first of all, we all have stress and there's the autonomic nervous system has a stress response, right? So we're relaxed. We're in a parasympathetic state. We're stressed. We go into a sympathetic dominant state. That's normal. When is it a problem, right? How do we know the difference? Well, compounded stressors or clinical, you know, anxiety, things start interfering with your daily life, just like with, with adults, right? But with kids, you're, you're going to look for differences, mostly in somatic. So we're going to look for things like gastrointestinal, which is the number one symptom you'll see with anybody of any age um, with anxiety. You're going to look for sleep problems. You're going to look for grinding your teeth. You're going to look for headaches. So those are all that. And then you're going to look for changes, right? Is your kid all of a sudden pulling away from you, more irritable? Um, And yes, people will say, well, how do I know that when it's just normal teenage behavior? Well, it is normal to a degree, but you know, um, as, as you and I are going to get into, we're both moms whose kids have had mental health issues at one point or another. And it's just different, especially when you have more than one kid. Um, and people can be very dismissive of mental health issues because please, this is one of the most important statements I'm going to make in this episode is that do not use grades as a benchmark for mental health. So a kid could be a straight A student 
and have thoughts of suicide and actually want to and tr- attempt suicide. So structure routine, a need to please, a desire to do well can really be very motivating for kids um, and keep them on track. And it could be a total hot mess at home um, or internally. That, that's so powerful because I think so many parents are just, they're looking at the grades saying, well, the, you know, there can't be anything wrong because they wouldn't be pulling those, those grades. They just wouldn't have those grades. Right. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. So we have this big increase. Um, you know, kids can look like they're holding it together, but you might be seeing these changes. You're not quite sure. I'm going to tell you that almost every mother will tell you their instinct was something was up. Mm-hmm. Something was different. Um, you're not going to go to your kid and say, are you depressed? <laughs> they might not even know that. Yeah. They might not even want to tell you that. You might want to say, you know, I've noticed like you're not even coming down for dinner. Like, um, you know, is, you know, tell me where this struggle is going on with you. Like, don't ask yes or no answers, you know, um, questions that, I'm sorry, give you an mm-hmm. illicit or yes or no. And and try to do activities with your kids. The more you do physical activities, the more their mouth moves and you're able to get information out of them. You know, I always found that to be the case with, with some of my kids. And everybody knows I have four. There would be like driving. Driving mm. would be so great because they're not looking at me. They weren't looking at me. Yeah. And somehow that, that made them feel freer to speak. So I knew I would get the best stuff when I was yeah. driving them somewhere. I know. Or driving them my, home. My Max said to me one time, he's 17 now. He must have been like 12. He was like, oh, and by the way, I know your strategy. You asked me the big questions in the car. <laughs> it works. It really does. It does. And I was like, yes. I do, because that's the only time you talk to me, you know? Right, right. That's how you know. So, so two, I'm, I'm kind of getting a sense of two different betrayals. Sure. One is a betrayal of expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you know, this is an extra set of things that you're dealing with that you just didn't count on. No. And then it's the, it's the betrayal of maybe how you're treated by other people. So let's yeah. talk about both of those. Yeah. Well, you know, as, as a mom who um, my older son, Max, uh, developed a disease called PANS. And basically it's when infectious disease or toxin trigger causes a misdirected immune response. And it turns on overnight for some people, but a dramatic onset of psychiatric issues. So he's bitten by a tick at 22 months. So I can't really say what he was like, <laughs> but all I can say is he was damn smart, freakishly so, and was very intense. Um, So I knew that part of that, right? Um, And so when you have a kid, right? I mean, this many years ago, 20 years ago, my husband and I did detoxes to get pregnant. We were so ahead of the curve. You have an expectation. My kid's going to go to Montessori school. We're going to do this. We're going to have parties at my house. Every, we're going to live in a neighborhood where everybody's so fabulous and want to hang out with us. Well, that didn't happen. And that is a grieving process, really, Debbie. Like mm-hmm. it, that's hard, hard stuff. And I think a lot of people have that same experience. Like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I mean, I have some moms that have had three kids with autism, not one, not two, but three, more than once I've had that happen. That's really, really hard. And then the other side of that 
as I kind of said, like you move into a neighborhood and you think everybody's going to embrace you, is that as a special needs parent or a kid, particularly when your kid has behavioral issues that are very observable, maybe aggressive speak or um, has emotional outbursts, you're going to get some pretty heavy duty uh social rejection. I can tell you that I've experienced that. And I talk about this frequently because I'm always like, these moms come, right? I talk to them and they're like, how could it be that this happens to me? And I'm like, hey, even Dr. Roseanne has had this happen. Mm -hmm. And out of everything that's happened, of course, your kid's suffering is the worst, but the social rejection and isolation was not anything that I ever anticipated, nor did I, you know, think that uh, my best friend essentially would betray me over this. And I want to so, get into that because yeah. yeah, that's something, first of all, it's, it's, you would never do that. So how do you ever see that coming? And, and in the world of betrayal, I mean, people just say the, the you know, the, there, these comments come from all over. And I found even when it comes to relational betrayal, I mean, I'll never forget a friend of mine just really wanted to see how I was doing. And she sat me down and, and she looks at me, I tell her my story and I'm so upset. And she looks at me and she said, Debbie, I am so glad I'm not you. <laughs> and I, and I think she was, she was, the intention was to make me feel better, but yeah. just, they don't know. They what put their say. stuff on you, man. Woo. And, and that was, I mean, how do you even respond to something like that? So, yeah. How, so especially this is a really good mm-hmm. friend of yours, right? And then, right. you know, they're not accepting and you're feeling betrayed because, the, yeah. and, and I always define betrayal as it's the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule and the rule spoken or unspoken in that friendship is we have each other's back. We're there for each other with yeah. the families, with everything. Well, you know me, you know, it's spoken. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, and I think what's really, really hard is, you know, I had all kinds, you know, every, every rejection is a betrayal, Debbie. So you, you have, you know, um, you know, people that know me, you know, I put in this pool, we call it the MTV Cribs pool. I've been um, there. It's, it truly is. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in for Max. I put it in because I knew nobody was going to come and play with him because he was impulsive. And, um, and, and I'm glad I put it in because guess what? People came to play with him and uh, we didn't really get too many reciprocal invites, but I was like, I'm going to create this thing where every Friday we have a pool party and I'm going to keep it structured. I'm going to keep it positive. And, you know, when you have a kid who's difficult, you, I always want to say, you want to be a parent whisperer. You want to set them up for success, give them the tools. Yes. I know I'm a psychologist, but I'm a mom too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did this. Right. And there were just so many weird things that would happen from, you know, the ladies at the bus stop that would openly talk about getting together and not invite me, which is so not Italian, you know. Um, <laughs> it's so not nice. I don't care what where so you not come nice. From. It's yeah. so not nice. And I'm such a warm, open yes. person. And and I did say I'm never going to let this stop me from loving people. But I also said, what is my lesson here? And my lesson here was that I really needed to have a certain kind of friend. Mm -hmm. Like my friends really had to be at my levels, like spiritually, um, value wise, of course. And you say, of course, I got friends with the same values, but do you? You know what I mean? Like, like my friend who I would have considered one of my closest female friends, her husband had a set of values and beliefs 
that were incongruent with mine. And, mm. and so it was like, there wasn't a, a, a respect on my end for him. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, no, uh, moving forward, I've really got to have friends that I really admire both the people in the relationship. And you say, how is that possible? It's one thing if you have a friend who's like, listen, I don't like my husband, but he's a good provider. We do this, we that. It's a different story mm-hmm. because they have a clear awareness of who that person is. This was not the situation. This is a person that every word out of their mouth was, let me check with X, her husband's mm-hmm. name. Okay. And that's just not who I am. That's not who you are. Right. And I was like, right. I need friends, women friends that are more powerful. Um, I need friends that have a generosity about them. Like I got really clear on the things that were non-negotiables, even in my friendships. And I cleaned house. And I think that was really, really important. But I want, you know, special needs moms, moms of kids who have mental health issues to know, number one, this is surprisingly common. This is not something that is um, your feelings of sadness and isolation. I, I want to validate it because it happens to a lot of people. And the way to get around that is really to create your tribe. And you need a tribe. Like you need help from other mothers who are right at the same place that you are. You yeah, know, it's so what, important. Yeah. What's so interesting is interesting about what you're saying is, you know, I, I teach the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough and stage three is where everybody just gets stuck, stuck, stuck. Right. And they're, they can be glued there forever. And one of the, one of the things that always happens when they move from stage three to stage four, where transformation begins is typically a change in friendships. Mm -hmm. And it's when you are undergoing a transformation, it's like, it's almost like you could apply it to the same thing. You're very clear in what's not working in, in who doesn't work for you as a friend. And it's very intentional that if they don't rise, they don't come. You're clear on who you are, what you want, what's meaningful to you. And you see people very clearly. And when you are clear that that's not them, that's when those friendships typically end. And the the easiest part about that is when you already have other friends who demonstrate something different. Right. So it's not like a surprise. Right. No, definitely. And, you know, I think a lot of times when you're stuck in that stage and you still have these people in your life that shouldn't be there and you feel that, you know, I always think about your stage three is, is the sort of feeling of stuck or trapped, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. Um, and, and that can so easily happen. And, and you may have had, like, I loved this person, but when I confronted her and said, you haven't invited me over in three years and it's because you don't love and accept my kid. And she said, oh, our kids are just different. And I said, no, family is family. I mean, this is a friendship over 10 years. Mm. Um, And this is, I call a pee on a toilet friend. Like Mm. that's a small, that's how close, (laughs) right? This ain't nobody like every once in a while you get together and walk in the neighborhood. And I would say uh, Dr. Rosanna and I have put makeup on together, but we've never (laughs) been in the bathroom together. (laughs) That's right. You know what I mean? That's like beyond year five, Debbie. You yeah, know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. All right. We're getting there. We're, we're getting there. But so, you know, I mean, I joke, but it's like, there's levels of friendship that are, that are deeper. And, and in that conf- confrontation, right. There's an awareness that happens to you that you really have to say, like, I have to stop making accommodations. Right. So whether you have a kid that is like a sensory kid, 
that's going to struggle at a birthday party. Or maybe you have a teenager that needs to put their headphones on and their hoodie up because they're overwhelmed. And instead of making excuses, right, because you don't have to make excuses. You can just say, hey, that's, um, that's Amy. And uh, she's just going to be hanging out there. And if somebody okay. really cares about you, you could be, they might come to you and be like, what's going on with Amy? Mm-hmm, you know, and be mm-hmm. like, you know, Amy's going through a hard time. And I, what I find really surprising is when you get an awesome person, they're like, oh, oh, so is Joey. What are you doing? Let's talk about it. Oh, let's go get some coffee. That's when you know somebody's really got your back. I mean, yeah. you know. And, and you feel you don't feel so alone. So uh, now speak totally. to people who because not everybody um, or no one is like you. That's just <laughs> having said that you are the type you can go up to someone and say, hey, let me just tell you something. Oh, I, oh wait a second. I, Debbie, I dropped every crumb known to man during this time and she uh, okay. didn't pick it up. All right. And she didn't there pick was, up, but give us the right. crumbs. Give us the crumbs because there are so many people yeah. who are like, I really want to do that, but I'm not comfortable there. How can I start? Give me some crumbs. And, and guess what? Not everybody can do that. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Right? Like, you know, don't forget I'm a trained therapist and I'm that kind of person where if I can't lovingly have a conversation and really talk about what it is, I'm a great, strong communicator. It's going to eat me alive. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. you, for another person, letting it go may mm-hmm. actually be the right thing for you. But, but what, you know, how do you open the door, right? So first of all, if you can't have a direct conversation about what is going on with that person, you have to start with boundaries. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's about your boundaries first, right? So um, maybe you go to somebody's house and they start getting all over you about your kid or whatever. And maybe so this time, well, first of all, I wouldn't necessarily go, but maybe you have to go. Maybe it's your cousin, your show, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. You're going to go, hey, um, Diane, we're coming over. We're going to go for an hour. Um, George is having a hard time. We're going to be over here on the side. Whatever it is that you want to do, don't explain yourself. Mm-hmm. Stop making excuses. Look for you know, ask for help. Um, that's another way to kind of test relationships. You know, I love that because you're, you're setting the expectation. You don't, you don't have to go into such great detail about just what went down before you got there, but that you are, you're making it clear. This is, this is what good, this is the likelihood of what you can expect during this one hour, letting you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the other thing that I have found to be really helpful is to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So I've been really surprised and actually formed some of the best relationships I've ever had by asking for help early in the relationship um, or known to end a relationship when I asked for help and the kind of response I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, Give us an example. Yeah. Like, so, you know, um, like, hey, uh, such and such is having a hard time. Uh, is there any way that you could come over with your kids and we can do something. No, sorry, I'm busy, whatever. And it's just really clear. Um, Another thing is like, you know, you know, I've told this story before to you is that anytime I make new friendships and they want to get together with the Hodges because we're as funny and fun. That's the fun family right there. I'm telling you. Right. (laughs) And what I say to people is, and and it's not as true, it's not as true anymore, but I let people know Max used to really have a hard time. He's doing really great. 
is I say, listen, I got a kid who has a hard time. He might get upset or you might see an outburst from him. Um, he might tell his dad to F off. I try to be extreme and, mm-hmm. and I get one or two responses. And the first happens probably 98% or more is a very awkward kind of laugh. And then the second response is, oh, that's great. My kid tells me to F off. Let's get together. You okay. know, like they know how to joke around and be like, so what? Who right. cares? Right. So, and and since I've done that, I do that right out of the gate. It's literally eliminated um, people that shouldn't be in my life because I want full acceptance. That is really important for me to trust you. I need acceptance. I'm not, you know, that's just important. That's real. And I love that you're bringing it up early because if that's who the person is, why, why, why wait to get there when yeah. you know your, your kids are forming deeper bonds? Why not just know this early on and just prevent the headache in the first place? I Absolutely. don't want to know who I'm, who I'm working with. So I may say something, have a conversation and just drop, you know, like a word like universe, just see how it, how yeah. it lands, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I, I know I'm talking to my people. I know um, Dr. Debbie and I are always talking about that. She had her kids earlier than I did. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and how I wish she was my mom friend because she was doing her own thing too, but she had a pack of four. So it was a lot easier because you could just do stuff with your pack. Right. And and very easy. Yeah. yeah. And here's the thing though, but I remember there was the, the, you know, it wasn't special needs mom versus non-special needs mom at the time. It was working, working mom mom. versus non-working mom. So if any of you moms out there, parents out there have experienced this and I'll never, I've experienced that. I was, I, I was always working, but around my kids' schedules, I designed my business that way, but I would bring the kids to preschool, drop them off. And I'll never forget. There was a little cluster of the non-working moms judging me and I heard it and, and it was like, wow, just because this is my choice, like you're shaming me for working as I'm like, I'm this negligent mom. And I imagine you you feel, you just feel like bad as a mom all the time because you're not sure you're doing it right. Now adds a special needs scenario on top of that. And it's just that much more judgment, that more questioning, more all of that. And I can really see how if, if it's two moms with special needs kids, it just eliminates a lot of conversation Oh, you don't have to have that. And I also feel like when Max was younger and he was really behaviorally dysregulated and would get emotional upset, I also really noticed that people almost felt like it was a contagion and they didn't want their kids around it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember things being as divided when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember kids playing in packs. It's just so different play and structure and the kids are lacking in skills and parents are supervising the heck out of everybody. And, you know, and it's, it's just an interest. It's, it's so, it's so hard and on kids, it's hard on families. Um, But, you know, it's so important to find your friends. And even if you've been burned, I mean, join a special needs parent group, you know, join the group of, you know, uh, anxious moms, you know, with anxious kids, like five people who are there. Oh, it's, they're there. They're Facebook Yeah, I bet. I bet. So as we wrap up, this is such an interesting conversation. As we wrap up, what do you want to make sure every special needs parent knows First of all, you, we know you love your kid. You got to love yourself. And I want you to give up the shame 
that you have um, and any embarrassment that anybody has ever made you feel, just know it's their stuff and not yours. Um, and, you know, find that group of people who you really can just be yourself, your kids can be themselves, and you can lift each other together. Um, and I, and like I said, I've been burned and um, it's bound to happen. And my girlfriend said to me, you know, Roseanne, uh, when it ha was happening early on, she's, you know, I'm Christian. And she said, you know, Jesus keeps people in your life and he, ke and he keeps them out too. And I was like, oh, that just helped me so much. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes it's those little things. So just know that sometimes those people just aren't supposed to be there and it's hurt. It's hurtful and you should grieve it. But, you know, trust again, find those people and it will enrich your life on that spiritual, emotional and social level um, that we all need. I, I love that. And, and everybody, it's not just, I mean, as much as uh, Dr. Roseanne is giving profound advice as a special needs mom, you have to understand she is a trailblazer in the mental health field. I mean, look her up. She's all over the place. And, and I'm blessed to have her as a dear friend. Where do we go to learn more about you and the amazing work you do? Well, thank you for that, my trailblazing sister. Um, you can find me Dr. Roseanne anywhere. So it's D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N.com. I'm on that on TikTok and YouTube, um, Instagram and Pinterest too. And Facebook is Dr. Roseanne Kapanahaj. All over, all over. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for your wisdom, for your insight. I know, although this show is about betrayal and, and you know, it's someone who's been betrayed by a family member, partner, friend, coworker, spouse, whatever. I know so many people here uh, have this in their lives and have this scenario and just, they're not sure how to, how to manage it and how to move through it. And you gave them such wisdom. So I, I, I think that was wonderful. Thank you for you and all the wonderful work you do. Well, thank you. And sending a lot of love to my fellow mamas. So if you've been feeling that social rejection and isolation, you're not alone. Unfortunately, it's pretty common when you're a parent of a special needs child. And I hope that through this conversation, you learned a few helpful ways to feel better. Stay in touch with Dr. Roseanne by going to drrosanne.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Don't use grades as a benchmark for mental health. There's so much more to it than grades. So look at changes in your child in the areas of behavior, changes in the level of stress you're seeing, changes in food, sleep, digestive issues, and more. And there is no better expert to help you with all of that than Dr. Roseanne. And don't forget to take care of yourself too. Setting some boundaries and asking for help are great places to start. Of course, I'm here to help too. Take a look at what's going on within the PBT Institute where every day we're helping our members move through the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough so they can feel safe again, trust again, love again. Go to thepbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.